Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Well, it's great to be with you, even if it's online, disappointingly, and not in person. But thank you. It's great to be here. And when Nick gave me the title of this message, I felt actually really quite excited about preparing for it because what a great subject, being kind. In fact, the whole series, Being Like Jesus, is just incredibly timely as we travel through these really challenging times in the world at the moment. So what perfect timing to re-examine what it means to be formed in the image of Christ. Well, kindness is timeless. The ancient Greek philosopher Aesop said, no act of kindness is ever wasted. And in more recent years, Mother Teresa said, kind words can be short and easy to speak but their echoes are truly endless. And I think they're both right. I did a quick review of my own life, which sadly is beginning to take a little bit longer these days, but I wanted to see what percolated to the surface in terms of kind things that people have done for me. And there were many things, but I particularly remember a time when my mum was very unwell back in the UK and I was trying to live with a foot either side of the globe and people were so kind, dropping meals around for my family, helping with childcare and so on. And I've never forgotten that. I'm so grateful. And yet my favourite story of kindness and the legacy that it has the potential to leave is about a man called Trevor Huddlestone. Now, he was born into a well-off family in London, but he became an Anglican priest and his calling uh, was to work amongst the poor and the vulnerable. He worked in South Africa and was one of the very earliest opponents, very vocal against apartheid. He lived in Johannesburg and one day while walking through a township, um, he saw a young mother and her little boy coming towards him. Now the child remembers that this very tall man in a full black cassock with matching hat went out of his way to step past them into the gutter. He swept off his hat, bowed at his mother and wished her a good day. Well, the little boy was completely astounded to say the least. And the little boy was actually Desmond Tutu. And he never forgot that act of kindness from a white man to his mother. And that act of kindness left a very rich legacy, I'm sure you'll agree. Let's hear from our reading now, which is 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 to 15. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Well, nowadays, we often hear the terms random acts of kindness and pay it forward, which are lovely ideas. But I wondered, is this the same as biblical kindness? Can kindness actually set the Christian apart? And more importantly, perhaps, the community of believers, because, of course, Paul's letter was to the Thessalonians, it was to a group of people. So let's have a look at firstly at God's kindness. 
Now, the writer of Proverbs said, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. If you've been on holiday to Bali, remember those days when we used to go traveling? You'll have seen the little shrines outside people's homes and the hotels and so on, uh, with maybe flowers or um, fruit, perhaps even cigarettes, which are being offered to the Hindu gods in a sort of deal, I'll be good to you, you be good to me, appeasing the gods. Because rarely do you encounter in other religions the idea that God is kind. Well, in contrast, the God of the Bible is supremely kind. The psalmist wrote, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. And the ultimate act of loving kindness was God the Father sending his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the purpose of saving us from our sins and so that we could be restored into relationship with the Father. And his horrible death on the cross, which he freely accepted, was an act of supreme mercy, but also of undeserved kindness. And Paul writes about this in several places in the New Testament, that it's actually God's kindness that leads human beings to repentance. And over the years, having heard so many testimonies before people are being baptized here at Mounties, I think we've all heard that, haven't we? How God has reached into people's lives with his loving kindness and they've been transformed and wanted to respond to that kindness. And this gift is freely given. It's not something that we can earn by paying it forward or random acts of kindness. Titus 3 says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. And kindness was so apparent in the life of Jesus. I've always loved that interaction that he had with the leper when the leper comes to him and says, if you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus looks at him in love and says, I am willing. And I've always found that really moving. And I've always loved his interaction with the woman that had been bleeding for 12 years, how he was so kind to her and restored her. And the time that the woman was caught in adultery and about to be stoned, how kind Jesus was and compassionate. And yet he challenged her to change her ways. Jesus exuded kindness. So let's look more at what biblical kindness is. We live, I think you'd agree, in an increasingly polarized, hostile world where intolerance, road rage, ridicule of other people abounds. I think perhaps the first show, The Weakest Link, was the first in that genre of TV programs that are all about slating other people, making other people look bad so that you can win. It's so competitive at the price of other people's well-being. And I thought about that, and maybe it's just that kindness doesn't sell as well. I don't know. In recent times, as we all know and lament, I think, as Christians, society has veered away from traditional Christian and biblical uh, understanding of, for example, what family life should look like. And too often in the face of these changes, Christians have been caught up in culture wars and we've bypassed kindness to get caught up in aggressive arguments and even shouting matches because we are defending the truths of the gospel. 
But as Barry Covey, who wrote Love Kindness, has written, we've ranted before we've related, deeming the former too soft on sin. But the reality is that these culture wars have not worked and the church has found itself increasingly marginalized, often mocked for our views, when we have such an amazing message to bring because we are the bearers of the good news. So perhaps more than ever, it's time for us to rediscover the power of kindness, not just in our own lives, but as a community of believers, treating those with whom we disagree, maybe over the vaccine. Look how divisive that has been in churches. But treating people with charity, kindness and civility rather than anger and frustration. Thinking of our passage again, Paul exhorts the believers at Thessalonica to respect and honour their leaders, to be kind to them because they're working hard on your behalf. And any scant review, you don't have to be a church historian to know that the church is littered with splits and disagreements. And of course, this disunity actually harms the image of the church. And this is still so current today. So how could we apply kindness to avoid this kind of damage? And please don't mistake me, I'm not advocating that we don't stand up for what we believe in, but kindness is actually not incompatible with courage. Trevor Huddlestone was an enormously kind and courageous man. He vocally took on apartheid and he made many enemies because of that. Jesus was also a very kind man, as well as being hugely courageous. So kindness actually embodies courage, but courage does not necessarily embody kindness. And when it doesn't, the result is aggression. Now, kindness is not aggression, but neither is kindness niceness. And when I was at school, I remember um, successive English teachers saying, do not use the word nice in your writing because it's such a weak adjective. And niceness is pleasant, but it lacks conviction. It's bland and it fails to speak out when that would be the kind thing to do. Niceness can be false. Now, kindness is found right throughout the Bible, but you won't find niceness. And to summarize, using Covey's, uh, what I th have found very, very helpful description, he says, aggression is hard in the center and hard on the edges. It's confrontational. Niceness is soft and spongy in the center and soft on the edges because it's a people pleaser and it can be cowardly and false. Kindness is firm in the center and soft on the edges. I think that's a great description because kindness is a biblical way of living. And we all know that it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It makes Paul's shortlist, which is found in Galatians 5. And it's actually a natural result of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. But going back to the start of the series, Simon said in the, in the message, Be Filled, that it's not a one-off event when we become believers. We need to be constantly, actually daily, praying to be freshly infilled with the spirit of the living God. And then we can exhale kindness and we can be the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Because being kind is not a good works campaign. And William Temple put it this way, 
It's no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it, but I can't. And it's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus Christ and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it, I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like his. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live a life like his. And of course, God's purpose is to transform us to be Christ-like and God's way of doing that is to fill us with his Holy Spirit so that we can increasingly live like Jesus did. So in this way, kindness is so much more than random acts of kindness or pay it forward, which are both great things to do and very worthwhile. But actually, I'd say they fall short of biblical kindness because it's not random. It's radical. It can be brave. It's daring. But most importantly, it's intentional. It can heal relationships. It can empower leaders and it can even reconcile nations. Wouldn't it be great to see that in our world at the moment? Kindness, as Jesus lived it out, can move mountains, but he did not shy away from the difficult things. He wasn't afraid to challenge people to change their ways. If he'd been nice, he would have just turned a blind eye to the sin in their lives, but he wasn't nice. He was kind. And Jesus was a master of attacking the issue rather than the person but still, people were offended by him because kindness is risky. In the church at Thessalonica, Paul had found that there was much to compliment and to praise, but in some areas there was room for improvement. Tension had clearly arisen between the leaders and the people in the church, and the done thing in the culture that they were living in was to pay back wrong for wrong because it was an honour-based society. But Jesus had taught that this was not to be the way for his followers. And we really see Paul's pastoral heart in the passage today when he throws down the challenge to be Christ-like, both in their dealings within the church and outside the church. Verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. And of course, God's grace is needed to live out this challenge. But important to note here that Paul is not seeing kindness as just an individual trait, a personal thing. It's to be evident in the community of believers. So let's look now at kindness applied. No doubt about it, Mounties as a church family has shown incredible kindness, uh, always actually, but in recent works to recent years to the work of Baptist World Aid amongst some of the world's most vulnerable people through your support this year in Afghanistan, previous years in Lebanon. And when we show kindness as a community through food hampers locally, bottles of water for the street chaplains and so on, it's actually really powerful because people are watching the church. And this has always been true. The Roman Emperor Julian, who lived in about the third century, he despised the early church. He couldn't stand the early Christians. And this is what he wrote about them. As children are coaxed with cake, so have these Christians enticed the poor to join them by kindness. Strangers they've secured by hospitality, by affecting brotherly love, great moral purity, and honoring their dead. 
they have won the multitude. I mean, he's not happy, Jan, but what an amazing backhanded compliment and testimony to the lives of the early Christians and the transforming power of kindness. So as Baptist World Aid goes into Muslim places like Afghanistan and Pakistan or, or um, Hindu places like Nepal and many other places around the world, remember what I said at the start, kindness doesn't exist in other religion, uh, religions gods. And so when you reach out to people in kindness with no strings attached, they want to know actually why are you doing this? And many people are coming to faith through this kind of work. The prophet Micah once asked God on behalf of the Israelite people, well, how shall we come before you, Lord? Should we bring burnt offerings? How about uh, 10,000 rams? What about rivers of oil? And the Lord said to him that none of that was actually sufficient. And he answers Micah that what he requires is a simple threefold response of obedience. Here it is from Micah 6.8, to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And that is what God, the living eternal God, seeks from his people. Kindness is a really big deal. It's not an optional extra. Interesting that it's so closely linked to justice, but that's a topic for another day. Kindness, of course, is usually easy with people that we like and people in our own families. But what about that difficult or odd person that I usually try to avoid? Well, a recent McCrindle study of Australians found that most people say they would like to be kinder. Most people have good intentions, but according to their research, people are too worried about how people will respond to their acts of kindness because kindness can be risky. And kindness is a tough road when we're frustrated repeatedly by that difficult colleague at work or I'm not getting on with my spouse, or how about that teenage child that is just so difficult and rude at the moment? And kindness is difficult for the church when other denominations always seem to be letting the side down and doing the wrong thing. And what about those aggressive atheists? Be kind to them, really? I think it's then that we find that actually kindness is not intuitive to human beings and it's not random. It has to be intentional and we need God's grace and his spirit to love kindness as God himself said to Micah. And Jesus modeled a kindness that was selfless, humble, vulnerable and risky because it was the way of love. Well, I don't know about you, but I can so relate to Paul where he discusses in Romans 7 that he doesn't do the things that he wants to do and he does the things that he doesn't want to do. Well, yes, that's definitely me because he's describing the wrestle between our flesh and the spirit. We're living in the tension between the already but not yet. We've experienced forgiveness of our sins, but we still keep on sinning. The Holy Spirit indwells us, but we don't always yield to what he's saying to us because we have to work with the spirit to learn to love kindness. And it's a daily process. The great thing about kindness is that it's easy to start straight away. It could be something as simple as sending somebody an encouraging text message, or how about dropping some flowers around to somebody that you know is doing it tough. 
one good thing to come out of the pandemic it is that it's a great season for us individually and as the church to up our levels of intentional kindness and to ask the Lord to help us to do that. Let me encourage you as I finish sometime soon, maybe later today, to review your own life for the acts of kindness that have been extended to you, that you've been blessed by. And can I challenge you, are you a person who loves kindness? Not just as a recipient, of course, we all love it when people are kind to us, but are you a person who is pursuing kindness? Is your heart to be part of a community of believers here at Mounties that is kind to everyone, regardless of their point of view, that behaves in a way where we're able to listen and relate kindly before we rant at people? Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you are such a kind and good God. You are indeed a good, good Father. And we pray, Lord, that you would infill us with your Holy Spirit and help us to love kindness so that we can relate well to other people and that they would see your life and your goodness and your joy residing in us. We thank you, Lord, for the eternal truths of this word, and I pray that you would help us to apply them to, your, to our lives. And in your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.